I've grown to, to hate the BYU, but it was sure fun playing in front of that crowd because there were 70,000 people there in that stadium. And it was so fun to have that many people in one spot. That's almost as much as Billings, Montana, <laughs> you know, in one spot. You, know, you get a sack in front of that many people, even if it's the other team, you, you hear it and you feel it. Welcome to the Wild Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Alongside me is my co-host, Robert Munoz, as always. It is another very, very exciting episode today. We cap off our Poke Pros series for the month of June with probably the greatest University of Wyoming defensive lineman in the history of the program. I know earlier this month we had 14-year NFL veteran and Black 14 member Tony McGee on, who he was pretty good in his own right. But I don't think during his time at the University of Wyoming, of course it was cut short, but he wasn't Mitch Donahue. Mitch Donahue was a monster on the field in Laramie, in the whack. He was a nightmare for opposing offenses, specifically BYU. They're probably still shuddering when they hear the name Mitch Donahue. So we've got a long interview with him coming up here shortly. And then after that interview, we're going to talk about some ideas that we have for the next two months before University of Wyoming Cowboy football kicks off on September 5th at home against Weber State. Some really exciting stuff that we've got in the hopper, and we'd love for you, our listeners, to get the word out if you you would like uh, the people that we're asking to participate. So we'll talk about that more after the interview, but first, Robert, how are you doing, buddy? What's going on, David? Glad to be here with you today. You enjoying the sunshine over there, and... Southern California. It's a beautiful day in California. Today, my girlfriend and her family are taking me to Yard House for Yard House Happy Hour. And if you've never been to Yard House, all I can say is if you like beer and American food, it's where dreams come true. Okay? It's where everything that you've ever imagined that you wanted. And you didn't even know that you imagined you wanted. They'll bring it to you. And at happy hour, it's at an unbelievable price. Ooh, you're ecstatic. I can see it on your face. Woke up this morning just thinking about that, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm imagining the sliders right now. Just They got that one pickle and that little brioche bun. I, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. All right. Yard House. Oh, it's amazing. And if you've never been to Yard House, the reason it's called Yard House is because they have these beer yards where you can get like a thing that it's like three feet long and it's just full of beer. It's full of your favorite American beer or international beer. I don't know what kind of beer you like, but Yard House has them all. Amazing. Sounds amazing. 
Yeah, uh, excited to finally get this Mitch Donahue interview out. Two-time WAC Defensive Player of the Year. We've uh, been sitting on this interview for a couple weeks now. And it was it's definitely a long, worthy listen, and it's fun talking to Mitch. Yeah, no doubt. He was a he was a great interview. And he had a lot to say. He went into some really good detail about his time, you know, playing at the University of Wyoming. Then we asked him about his uh, pro career as well. He spent four years in the NFL, two years each, if I'm not mistaken, with the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. It didn't quite go the way that he would have liked it to have gone, but he still has fond memories of his time playing football. He definitely, he kind of sounds like a football player. You know, he, he takes his time to tell us what he's thinking about. Definitely. And I love the detail, all the detail he gave us when he's breaking down plays, he's breaking down games and he's breaking down his performances. Yeah. He could recite those details by memory. I mean, it's for him now almost been 30 years since those things happened to him. So it's pretty remarkable. Now Mitch is back. He's originally from Billings, Montana, and now he's back living there in Billings as well. So without further ado, let's just roll the interview here. Very excited now to be joined by a University of Wyoming Cowboys legend on the gridiron. He's the all-time sack leader. He won the WAC Defensive Player of the Year twice, not just once, twice, and enjoyed a four-year career in the NFL. Mitch Donahue. Mitch, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Well, we're really excited to have you and to continue with our Poke Pros series with arguably the greatest Wyoming Cowboys defender in the history of the program. So I want to start off with you originally are from Billings, went to Billings West in Montana. How did you end up down in Laramie at the University of Wyoming? Well, um, that happened with uh, Dennis Erickson visiting our house and uh, talking with me and my parents sitting in our living room. And he did a great job. Gave my parents and I had a nice warm fuzzy feeling about coming to Wyoming so so I did that if I'm not mistaken Dennis Erickson himself is also from Montana or he at least went to Montana State so did you guys kind of bond over that yeah that's correct um yeah he does have a lot of ties to Montana he started his coaching career at Central High School and um man he has so many close ties with all the great Montana coaches. Uh, um, they just, you know, football is such a tight community. You know, wherever he would go, he would bring a lot of those guys with him. But yeah, it just, he made me feel real comfortable and right at home. What other schools were interested in you? Well, of course, Montana State and University of Montana. Both of those schools were having uh, turnover at the college you know at their uh, head coaching positions and and although Wyoming was too uh coach Erickson just like I said he just made me feel more confident Uh, we had some interest uh from Washington State and uh Arizona University of Arizona but uh you know they didn't 
they didn't come with any offers. So when I visited the University of Wyoming, they had their stuff together. When I visited some of the other schools, like I said, it was kind of in disarray. And, you know, I had like the wrong academic appointment to go meet with the college professors. And, um, when I got to Wyoming, man, they treated me like gold. Um, you know, they told me several times they wanted me to come there and, and uh, that I could contribute right away. And just made me feel valuable. And uh, and when I got there, they never stopped. I, I, I always felt welcomed and valuable at, at the University of Wyoming. David touched on how big of a sack artist you were and how great you were on defense. How much did it help having guys like David Dean and Pat Rebold on the defensive line creating havoc with you? Oh, it was so important. You know, I just talked with Pat Rebold the other day. You know, when, when Dave was there, his speed, he, he was probably the fastest one out of all of us. But his speed was so great. Oftentimes, he would scare the quarterback over over to me. He'd turn around and I'd be. <laughs> so um, some of those sacks were because of everybody else that played with me. But Pat Rabold and I were uh, discussing that the other day as I was wishing that, you know, I could have played with him in the NFL because we, we just could feel each other. We, we knew where the other person was, and uh, we worked so well together. We played off of each other, especially running our games. Uh, I, I, a lot of sacks that I, that I would get was, you know, him tugging on a guy <laughs> and, and let me come through underneath and come right up the middle and get a sack. Uh, but it, it's fun to watch some of those old films. Uh, we get into our guy and headbutt him, pull off him, you turn at the same time and and rip at the same time. It was just it's pretty cool to watch. But you know, it's all because of our our training with uh, Coach Bill White. You know, he would yell and scream at us and make us do it over and over and over and over again. And, make us run gassers that we threw up. <laughs> and uh, when it came time for game day, you know, it was it was just play and react. There was no thinking. It was all second, or, you know, second nature to us. Did that chemistry between you guys kind of come naturally or did it take a little bit of time for it to evolve? I mean, a lot of us had some you know, some gifts, some natural talent, but no, it it took a lot of hard work. Uh, It wasn't, it wasn't just natural chemistry. It was, like I said, Bill White pushing us and making us do it over and over until it was perfect. He definitely wasn't there to be our friends, but, you know, once we, once we got to the end of the year and we won a bunch of games and, did so well we looked back at him and realized that you know how much we did love him if you asked us at the end of end of a practice if we loved him we'd say we hated his guts (laughs) but after uh after a game when we got a bunch of sacks and you know we won you know we we definitely would tell you that we loved him we all love him now
think a lot of guys could say that about their old coaches. Um, kind of curious, what was that feeling like when you you got to the quarterback and and you got that sack, that big time sack, that big play of the game? What was that feeling like? Well, it's just an explosion of emotions. Uh, usually, you just jump up in the air and with your fists up in the air and uh, scream at the top of your lungs. You know, I'm just excited. Greatest feeling in the world. That's why you see a lot of guys in the NFL, they never want to retire because it's so fun. You know? Were there any sacks during your time at the University of Wyoming that just meant more? That meant more? Um, yeah. You know, there's always there's that play against. Air Force, I don't know if you can count it as a sack because the quarterback was really a runner. But we were down. It was at the end of the game, and I I thought that I had been kicked out. I was trying to show the referee uh, a bloody finger that, uh, you know, the running back for Air Force had bitten my finger and, and it was bleeding. And I was trying to show the referee that he bit me you know, because I had punched him in the back. And so we had gotten a 15-yard penalty, and I jumped up and showed him this finger, what was right next to my middle finger. So it looked like I was flipping him off. And he pointed toward the sideline, so I was really frustrated. And, uh, you know, Coach Roach calls a timeout and uh, holds my hand up to the referee and explains everything to him. Next thing you know, I'm back in the game. And I'm just as angry as can be. So um, I can't remember if it was the very next play, but there was a couple plays after that, I think. Uh, they tried to roll out to my side with a naked boot, and I I hit uh, D. Dallas and caused the fumble, and then I believe it was uh, Craig Schlichting that jumped on the ball. And uh, we were able to <laughs> kick a field goal uh, to win it by one point in the last, you know, few seconds of the game. That meant a, a whole bunch to me because <laughs> although that running back had bitten my finger and drew a penalty for me, I was able to vindicate myself and uh, make up for that 15-yard loss, you know, the winning field goal. That one meant a lot. You know, there's other times where, like, um, against – BYU, I had gotten three sacks, uh, but it just didn't seem to make any difference. Uh, you know, um, Ty Detmer just kept getting back up and throwing touchdowns. Uh, and, and even though I got three sacks, we still lost the game. You know, there's there's games like that where you feel like, personally, I, I felt good about the way I played, but you still feel crappy for losing and crappy for your teammates. You talked about your bond with Coach Erickson when you were initially coming to the University of Wyoming. He left, and then what was your relationship like with Coach Roach? I was a little standoffish at first. I didn't, you know, he was the athletic director, and he appointed himself as the head coach. So that didn't feel good as, as a player. I was going, there's something fishy about this, and I didn't know that he had coached in the NFL, that he was on uh, Tom, Mad- Tom Madden's staff 
you know, he'd coached uh, for the Broncos, the Raiders. You know, he's a legend. I had no idea about that. All I knew is he, he was the athletic director. You know, I was like 19 years old. You know, and I was going, what have I got myself into? <laughs> you know, and then he turns out to be the best coach. Uh, I just, I owe him so much. Uh, he treated us like men. You know, he didn't treat us like little boys. He expected the best out of us. And as long as we did what we were supposed to do, there wasn't a lot of rules, you know. Rules happened when they had to, but until we, you know, showed that we needed rules, we didn't have a whole lot of rules, and, and we appreciated that. We appreciated that freedom that he gave us. He's a smooth coach. He treated us great, treated us like men. Talking about treating you guys like men, it was kind. Of, it seemed like it was just it was a man's game playing in the whack back then. What was it like playing in the rugged whack and? the 80s. Well, the real, there's very few people that are teams that, that ran the ball a lot. Um, you know, especially when Erickson got, was here. They called it Erickson, Eric's breath. You know, we did, we did a lot of short, short passes and, you know, if it was a run, it was to keep the defense on us so we could set up a a long pass. And so as a pass rushing defensive end, it, it was great for me. Almost every down I was I was turning it up, getting ready to go after the quarterback, run as hard as I could and and go. So I loved it. The the further I got into my career then it was more uh they would double team me. They would double team me and put the running back on me, or fullback on me. And sometimes I would still break through three guys. And if, if I could do that, man, I just felt awesome. <laughs> just against Utah, that, that happened a couple of times where they, they put three guys on me and I still got through and got Scott Mitchell. It was, it was awesome. It was, it was awesome playing in the WAC. I loved our schedule. We played three out of four years we played in Hawaii. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. We got to go to, we played San Diego State. Um, you know, I loved it down there. There's a lot of, a lot of great places to go. And we play in Provo. And like it or not, you know, I've learned to, to I've grown to, to hate the BYU, but um, it was sure fun playing in front of that crowd because there were 70,000 people there in that stadium. And it, and it was so fun to have that many people in one spot. That's almost as much as Billings, Montana, <laughs> you know, in one spot. So it was pretty crazy, you know, to, you know, you get a sack in front of that many people, even if it's the other team, you, you hear it and, uh, and you feel it. It's pretty awesome. If I'm not mistaken, you had a couple of dominant performances down there in Provo, right? The first game I remember is when I was uh, a redshirt freshman, and we were down by two touchdowns at halftime. I think it was fourteen to nothing. The second half was all us. You know, I didn't really do that much in that game. I was more of a, you know, as a freshman, 
I think I might have gotten like five sacks that whole year. But, uh, you know, it was, it was good to be a part of, of the team then, you know. Let's see, we went down there again. Um, the next time we went down there, that's when uh, Ty Detmer was playing. And, uh, you know, he had a, you know, pretty good, pretty good game. Out of, out of all four years, uh, we beat them twice and they beat us twice. Uh, you know, so it was a, it was a great rivalry. I respected their, um, talent. You know, you, you can say what you want about BYU, but they're pretty darn good. You know, it, it was just fun to play them because they're, they're such a big school and, you know, they usually had the biggest offensive lineman in, in our conference. Pretty good. During your time at UW, you guys made three bowl games, the Holiday Bowl twice, and then you made a Copper Bowl appearance. What stands out to you from those bowl trips? Were those a lot of fun? I mean, I know you guys didn't win any of the games, but what do you remember about playing in those bowl games on that stage? Well, I can't speak for everybody, but for me personally, going to San Diego you know, those first couple of bowl games, I was a freshman and sophomore, and I wasn't very mature. I, I think I partied a little more than I was worried about playing. I, I tried, you know, when it came game time, we we all played hard. You know, I don't want to take anything away from our performance. We, we played hard, but against uh, Barry Sanders, <laughs> it doesn't matter how hard you play. He, he has... Uh, ten times more talent than the rest of us did. <laughs> you know, he scored I think a record eight touchdowns uh, in that game. That was tough. You know, that was tough. That was a little humiliating. Um, you think you got the guy, and he just spins around. You know, goes backwards, <laughs> stutter steps, and he's off to the races. And he just—he was amazing. Amazing to play against. His offensive line was really big, too. And it didn't matter what you did. If you were in the right spot or you weren't in the right spot, he was reading off of you. There was no right spot. You know, you could have your contained lane. And uh, he would just, he would make a little fake. And if he tried to cross the face to get into the inside where you think he's going to go, then he just bounces it outside. If you stay outside, he'll make that fake, and then he'll just go ahead and go for it because there's nobody in that gap. Except, you know, um, you know, maybe the linebacker is, is coming up to fill, but it uh, seems like he had an answer for that too. It was just uh, it was something to see. It opens your eyes. Like, you think you know how running backs are going to play until you see, like, he just broke mold. Um, there's no answer for his talent at least not for me I, I couldn't come up with it. I think I tackled him maybe once the whole game every other tackle was like if we surrounded him and you know 8 out of 11 of us got, jumped on him you know that's how we got him down but it was uh, the other bowl games like um, the Copper Bowl that was a great bowl game um, we really had a fighting chance our first one against I'm, – I'm kind of jumping around here, but um, our first one was against Iowa. 
And we had a great chance. We just had two bad calls at the end of the game, two bad holding calls in a row. And it put us back uh, out of field goal range. But that field goal would have won, the, won us the game against Iowa. But that was a tough fought game. The guy I played against as a freshman, he was almost seven foot tall. He's like 6'10", almost 400 pounds. That really tested, you know, and I weighed uh, like 245. <laughs> so it was, uh, I was a little overmatched there. But, but I found that I could run around him. He wasn't very fast. So um, that was kind of exciting. The Copper Bowl in Tucson, that, that was really fun. Um, we played Cal Berkeley, and uh, again, we had a fighting chance. But man, all of our starters, except for me on the defensive line, got hurt. And we we're playing with a lot of true freshmen, and we still we still did well. Those freshmen came in, um, and the backups, they all came in and did really well. That was another one we lost by just a couple of points. Uh, we had a, a really exciting uh, punt return at the end of the, end of the game um, that we ran down the sideline. looked like we were going to go all the way. I think he stepped out of bounds, uh, you know, got pushed and stepped out of bounds. But, uh, you know, that one was a really close one too. But memorable because that was my last game you know, playing for the Cowboys. After that last game, as a Cowboy, you enter the NFL draft. You're taken in the fourth round by the San Francisco 49ers. What do you remember about that day? What were you doing that day? That draft was extremely long. After after four or five hours went by, I started to wonder. I mean, it was, I think the first round took three three hours that day and after so much time goes by even though it was only like the second or third round I was going oh man I don't think I'm going to get drafted and you know I don't I don't know what's going to happen and I was starting to get discouraged um, and so um, we had you know we live out in the country so um, you know I took uh, a rifle and I went and uh, shot targets for a while and just get my mind off the things. And my dad comes speeding up. You got a phone call. <laughs> you got a phone call. And so, uh, you know, it was the 49ers. Was my coach, Bob Zeman, he was on the phone. And uh, who uh, coached with Paul Roach at, at the Denver Broncos. And he was my positions coach at, at the 49ers. He also played uh, strong safety for them, for the Broncos. Uh, I don't know if it was in the 60s or 70s or something like that. It was a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, he was my coach. Good friend of Paul Roach's. I know injuries were a big part of your NFL career. They kind of halted your career. But what was your favorite NFL memory? Well, I loved getting drafted. That was That was pretty good. I think my... A couple of my favorite memories was uh, getting to be a starter at the 49ers and getting getting to be announced. Um, the guy ahead of me got hurt, <laughs> so I was starting that game. And, you know, getting to be announced uh, at the beginning of the game and uh, getting to run out onto the field 
that usually happened on the road. They usually announced the defense on the road. But for some reason, I got to get announced uh, at home, you know, when my parents got to see me and stuff like that. And that was, that was pretty special. Um, you know, it's just the camaraderie with the guys. You know, the, the older I get, the more important the relationships in my life become. And uh, it's less about, you know, what I did and, and the special plays and stuff like that. But, you know, it's more about the, the guys that were around me. And, you know, at Wyoming, we had the, the most special group of guys that, that ever were put together as far as I'm concerned. Um, I just love the heck out of those guys. And, you know, I missed them when I got to the NFL. I just, I missed being able to hang out with those guys. And, you know, I had new friends and things like that. But, you know, at Wyoming, it was, it was a really special time there for us. Well, Mitch, you've been very generous with your time, so I don't want to take up too much more of it, but we've asked everybody this question, and I want to ask you, what does it mean to be a cowboy to you? You know, when I was at the University of Wyoming, I always felt like we were just average guys, and and we played, we just played harder than the other guys. It wasn't that we were faster, smarter, stronger. And I think a lot of it has to do with our coaching, but but the fans, the the state of Wyoming, just lends itself to tough people. You know, we were a bunch of tough guys, and uh, Wyoming made us tougher and brought us together. And uh, that's what it means to be a, a Wyoming cowboy. For me. You're smart, but you're tough. You don't quit. You just keep on going. Keep on going. Right up until, you know, you can't go anymore. And that's, that's what it means to me. I like that definition. As a University of Wyoming grad myself, I might co-opt that and start telling people that exactly word for word for what you just said. Mitch Donahue, the best defensive lineman in the history of the University of Wyoming program. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time, and thank you for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with former University of Wyoming Cowboy and two-time WAC Defensive Player of the Year, Mitch Donahue. That was truly a lot of fun for us. I actually I made my girlfriend drive me over to an abandoned house that their family owns. Well, it's not abandoned, but they're renovating it. So I was in a renovated bathroom trying to get that interview in uh, trying to balance the mobile recording studio we got here on my computer on a really gross bathroom sink and a stepladder while I was standing up uh, so that was fun I'll always remember that interview with Mitch Donahue just because of that As always, very grateful for Mitch Donahue's time. He was more than generous with it, honestly. It was a lot of fun doing that interview, and it was really cool to hear the stories directly from Mitch Donahue and not just something that you're reading on the page. Somebody 
So I hope you guys enjoyed that unfiltered interview with Mitch Donahue. Honestly, you're probably tired of hearing Robert and I talk all the time. So we give you a break. We give you Mitch Donahue. We do it for the people. We give you what you want. I enjoyed doing that interview as well. You didn't mention to me that you were uh, doing that, doing the interview in that situation before. So that was new to me. That's pretty funny. I love your commitment, David. Yeah, Mitch Donahue, all-time leader in sacks at the University of Wyoming by a large margin. 49 sacks over his four years, and the next closest guy is Jeff Napton with 30. 19 sacks in between those two. Just goes to show how dominant he was during his time. Yeah, Mitch Donahue was an absolute animal. It was also... It was also very cool to hear him talk about Barry Sanders. That's not somebody that often comes up when you're thinking of Wyoming football, somebody that might have crossed paths with, but now that you think about it, uh, Wyoming football didn't really cross paths with him. He He just, you know, created his own path, carrying the football all over Wyoming football in that holiday bowl. Honestly, uh, yeah, now I, now I regret bringing up Barry Sanders, but still very cool to hear about playing against Barry Sanders. And, uh, we're thankful again for Mitch's time. Really appreciate him joining us and for being so generous and telling us a whole bunch of stories, especially about playing in the whack. The WAC is this very interesting time for me, given that it's no longer a football conference, but it has some amazing stories within it. We can talk more about that later at another time. For now, though, I want to talk about something that we're going to do here on the podcast for the next two months before the first Wyoming high school football game kicks off on August 28th. So Robert and I, we want to get high school sports involved. We know that there's not just the University of Wyoming going on in the state of Wyoming in terms of sports. High school sports are a big deal, and there are a lot more people involved in those and that make those things happen, and they are exciting. So we want to talk about that, give that a spotlight, shine some light on the things happening at the high school gridiron level this summer, especially because we really do believe football is happening this fall. We are not allowing ourselves to think anything else. We are laser focused on football happening. Okay. I hope you are too. Now, if you're listening at home to this, repeat after me. We're playing football this fall. We're playing football. All right? We need this. We need this. We need football. I digress. Robert and I are reaching out to every single high school football coach in the state of Wyoming. It doesn't matter if you're 4A, Cheyenne Central, or Cheyenne East, like my boy Robert here, or if you're six-man West, Dubois, okay? We want to hear from the head coach. 
we are reaching out and we are saying, we are asking them one simple thing. Who is somebody on your team that we should be paying attention to? Who is somebody that deserves the spotlight? We're reaching out to every single head high school football coach in the state, asking them that simple question. And that high school football coach, they can respond to our email with a letter. I don't care. I don't care if it's as long as the Declaration of Independence. We will read it here on the podcast to tell you about this kid. Or if the coach wants to send us in a video or an audio recording, we'll embed his audio right into the podcast. You'll hear directly from the coach, okay? And we'll share that video on social media. We want these high school kids to get some shine, some spotlight, and some buzz going into high school football season, which kicks off on August 28th. You can tell I'm really excited about this idea. I'm passionate about it. I know Robert is. Absolutely, David. Great idea. You came up with it, and yeah, I love it. I mean, get the, like you said, shine the light on these high school athletes that are putting in that time and effort. They deserve it, man. And we all know how big high school football is in Wyoming. Small state, not many schools, but still a whole lot of passion. Yeah, times like these when you're trying to do projects like this, I appreciate the fact that there aren't a hundred million schools. There are just about a hundred. So that that brings it down for me in terms of emails that we have to send. But I'm really excited and you as the listener should be as well if you know a high school football coach and you want them to be involved in this project, please tell them to respond to our email. Tell them to send in a video, send in an audio recording, write a diatribe about their best player, or it doesn't even have to be their best player. It just has to be somebody that they want to shine the spotlight on, talk about their skills and how they're excited to watch that player, coach that player, see that player get better this fall. Can't wait to hear from some of these coaches and some of these players who we don't know about right now. I don't, I don't know. I have no clue. And it's going to be great to put these kids on the map and give them a little bit of support. Let the public know who they are and what names they should be watching this upcoming high school football season. Cause like you said, we will be playing football this fall. You and I personally won't be playing football this fall, but we'll be watching football this fall and be glad to do so. I mean, if coach bowl needs a radio producer and a water boy, I'll throw some pads on it if that's what it takes. All right. I'm just telling him right now. In case Coach Bowl is out there and needs somebody to fill in. He's he's got an extra scholarship that he wants to hand out, you know, to some overweight, out of shape twenty five year old. He'll be twenty five in the fall. So I'm just throwing out there, Coach Bowl. If you need somebody, I am always ready. I'm ready to become a cowboy. I'm ready to cowboy up, baby. Are you the next DN on the roster there? I think I could give Jacob Hollister a run for his money at tight end. I'd like to see you there in that. Your hand in the ground, like he said, of that three-point stance, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm i only qualified to hand out the water. All right, that's that's really where I would shine. Our team would be hydrated if I was roaming the sidelines. I'll, I'll just tell you that right now. 
any type of contributions, big time. Hopefully, you listeners will really enjoy what we're bringing to the table. Like David said, we're trying to get high school athletics really involved here, and and this is a great way to do it. So, like David mentioned, if anybody out there is interested in uh, relaying the message to a coach, just ask them to respond to our email that we send out here and maybe send us a video. We'd probably prefer a video of the coach talking, right? No doubt. We want yeah. to hear the coach themselves. Uh, I will read as many letters, email responses as I have to, but we want to use the coach, man. We want to see the fire, the passion that the coach has when he's talking about this kid under his tutelage. Absolutely. Can't wait, David. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. No doubt. It's going to be very fun. Very fun. Well, that that about wraps it up. We just kind of wanted to get the message out, tell people that's what we're going to be doing over the next two months. We'll still be previewing the University of Wyoming football season and other athletics coming from the University of Wyoming, but that's just our main project here for the next couple of months. Exactly. We're not going to stop talking about University of Wyoming athletics. In addition to high school sports in the state of Wyoming, we want to bring a spotlight to it all. We want to talk about all of it. So we're going to be talking about those things over the next few months before football season kicks off at the high school level on August 28th and the University of Wyoming kicks off against Weber State on September 5th. Next week, we're hoping to have former University of Wyoming wide receiver and NFL veteran wide receiver as well. Also had a little short stint in the XFL. Ryan Yarborough, arguably the best wide receiver in the history of the program, given his time in Laramie. At one point, he had the NCAA record for most touchdown receptions for a career. So we're really excited to have him on next week, hopefully. Barring any technical issues, we will have Ryan Yarborough next week for you on the YO Sports Podcast. Really, really appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, we've got all kinds of things in the Hopper Podcast projects. You know, we're just trying to make this as exciting, enjoyable, and as interesting as possible for you, as I have said every week so far. So we really hope you guys are listening, sharing with your friends, doing whatever it takes to get the word out there for us. We really appreciate you. We appreciate all of our listeners, especially my boy, Bill. Absolutely amazing feedback when I reached out to him last week. So I appreciate him. So many good comments. And honestly, his our conversation inspired this Wyoming high school football reach reaching out. You know, we just want to get as many people as involved. So I really appreciate him for all that feedback and for inspiring this idea and this challenge that Robert and I are going to embark on over the next few months. So shout out to Bill, like I said. And then please, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, Because we want as many people to be able to find this thing, like I said, and your ratings, your reviews, they help people who have similar taste 
find this podcast and they will enjoy this podcast because if they like University of Wyoming sports, honestly, there's not a better podcast out there. I'm sorry to all the other University of Wyoming and Wyoming sports related podcasts, but you're not measuring up. Okay. You didn't have Larry Nance. You didn't have Jacob Hollister. You didn't have Mitch Donahue on your podcast. You're not having Ryan Yarborough soon. We're bringing it. We're bringing it to you. The people. We're bringing you the guests. We're talking about every University of Wyoming and Wyoming sports-related story that we can get our eyeballs on. So we thank you. We're doing this for you. We're also having a hell of a good time doing this and so if you want to donate please donate at the link in the description in the podcast we really appreciate all of the support so far and you can follow me on twitter at mr david graff you can follow robert on twitter at r munoz 307 always holding it down for the cowboy state i tell you people this guy he's got cheyenne on his back i'm pretty sure He's got the ink appointment set up. We're going to get it whenever I get to Cheyenne again. He's going to get Cheyenne tattooed right across his back. That's how much Wyoming means to this man. Okay? Maybe just a steamboat. That'll work too. Steamboat would work as well. Anywhere, you know? Anywhere. Shout out. We love you, Wyoming. We love all of you guys who are listening. And so... Also, shout out to Shakewell for the music and go Pokes. Shout out any suggestions, baby